Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. We'll just read instead of the entire passage dealing with the episode in the garden, we'll simply read beginning at the 15th verse, dealing with Mary Magdalene, standing in the garden after seeing the tomb was empty and weeping. In verse 15 of chapter 20 of John, says, And Jesus said unto her, Woman, why weepest thou? Whom seekest thou? And she, supposing him to be the gardener, said unto him, Sir, If thou hast borne him hence, tell me where thou hast laid him, and I will take him away. And Jesus said unto her, Mary. She turned herself and said unto him, Rabboni, which is to say, Master. Jesus said unto her, Touch me not, for I have not yet ascended to my father, but go to my brethren and say unto them, I ascend unto my father and your father and to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene came and told the disciples that she had seen the Lord and that he had spoken these things unto her. I want to deal with the theme, Why Are You Weeping? Coming from the words of the Lord to Mary Magdalene there in the garden. Nancy Hastings, a lady, My name, as you can recognize, is the pastor of the Prescott Memorial Baptist Church in Memphis, Tennessee. She tells the story of the police coming to the church, having with them a Korean woman by the name of Kim that they had found on the streets of Memphis brought her to the church and suggested that perhaps the church might be able to help her. The pastor discussed the situation with the lady, Kim, and could quickly assess that it would not be difficult to take care of the physical needs, the need for a bath, the need for some clothing, the need for some food. But the real needs of this particular lady went far deeper than could be taken care of with simply clothing and food and shelter. She saw that the lady was very despondent. And the pastor said to Kim, What hope do you have? And Kim, in her broken English, said to the pastor, Hope. What do you know about hope? There is no hope. I have on my desk, my office, the report of the housing condition that exists in Logan County. I sat one morning and read that several page report all the way through. And although the report was not particularly well done, not a professional document in my opinion, nevertheless, 
I could see from the case histories that were presented in that document of the conditions under which people live just in Logan County, and it could be reported over and over and repeated many, many times throughout our state and throughout our country. But I was seeing the case histories of people who were living in absolute despair, who really had no expectation of anything better ever in their life, who never expected to have a job again, who never expected to have a life in which their families were united, who never expected to live in a house that was warm in the winter, that did not leak when it rained, that never expected to have an adequate supply of food on the table. And as I read that report, I remembered a black lady that I told you about some several weeks ago, perhaps months now, that I sat on her front porch and talked to her as she sat there in little more than rags and barefooted and the tears rolled down her face as she described to me the condition under which she was living, being abandoned by her husband and left totally without any support. And she was concerned not about herself, but about the welfare of her children. Some of you provided me some shoes that I took to that lady. And I asked about her needs further, and she refused to identify any of her needs. She said, I'm fine. And I read into her words to me that day that she did not want anyone to be so concerned about her as she did about her children. But on that first time that I met her, the tears rolled down her cheeks. And I might have asked her the same question that Jesus asked Mary Magdalene in the Garden of Gethsemane. Woman, why are you weeping? On that first Easter, you remember that the women went very early before it was dawn like we came to the church this morning before the sun was up in order that they might make the final preparations for the burial of the Lord and, and put spices and other preservatives around his body and, and put fresh clothing on it and those things only to discover that when they got to the tomb that the tomb was empty apparently all of the others Ever how many there were, and we seem to think there were three, at least two of the others left. But Mary Magdalene re remained behind, and she stood there in the cemetery, a short distance from that empty tomb, and she was weeping, not realizing that she had a reason for gladness and joy, but she was in the depths of despair, not for her own welfare, but because they had taken, somebody had taken the body of the person she loved more than anything else, more than life itself, more than her own, and taken it away, and she didn't know where the body was. She 
and others that followed Jesus had given up, many of them their livelihood, many of them their families, in order to follow a person that they believed promised a new kingdom, promised prosperity, promised peace, happiness, promised a purpose for living, only to find that all these promises have been dashed to smithereens by the episode that took place on Friday afternoon when they saw their master arrested Thursday night. Saw him taken into an illegal court. Saw him beaten. Saw the thorns placed on his brow. As you see the representation here on the cross. And as you leave, you'll see it on the cross on the wall behind. And then followed him as he carried his own cross, at least partway, to Calvary. They stood at some distance and watched the most devastating experience of their lives and finally saw the head of their beloved Savior drop to his chest as life left his body. And then they knew that it was all over. All of their hopes had been dashed. What now were they to do? Were they to go back and try to pick up the pieces of their life where they'd left them? Was Mary Magdalene to go back to the streets and be the prostitute that she had been? Where is there no hope beyond the experience the cross. Now to come to a grave and find that apparently somebody had desecrated the burial place of their Lord. And they were in despair. This is Easter. Some of you are in despair. Some of you come this morning hoping to find some glitter of hope. Some of you lost loved one and that has brought you to the depths of despair. Some of you have broken homes or are about to be broken. Where there have been family disputes and fights and violence. Some of you face terminal illness and you know you shall never get well. Some of you don't have enough money to pay your bills and you don't know where the next dollar perhaps will come from. And all of those expectations that you thought life would give you and it would all come up roses has suddenly turned into wilt. And you have come to a point of utter despair. 
Now what? What will I do? Mary must have thought. I remember as a child that I attended a funeral of a great uncle of mine. And I shall never forget the words of his wife as they helped her from that service. And they ring over and over in my ears and her words were, What will I do now? How many times have we come to that point in our life and say, now what will I do? Two of them decided to go home. They knew nothing else to do, and so they made their way back to Emmaus. Peter thought he would go back fishing. He didn't know anything else to do. Jesus said in the foggy Moments before dawn, a typical day like ours this morning, to a woman that stood contemplating all of these problems she now faced in the despair that was upon her. Woman, why are you weeping? That's an odd question to ask a person who has just seen her beloved Savior die on a cross and, and then she has witnessed the fact that someone has taken his body. In the Old Testament we have the story of Hagar who was the handmaid of Sarah that was given to Abraham that he might have children since Sarah could not have any and then when the child was born Sarah drove her from their home and sent her out into the desert. And Hagar put her child under a little bush to die, and she went a little distance away, and she sat there folded up with her arms around herself and her head bowed, and I can imagine the tears were running down her face. And similar words were said to her when the Lord said, Hagar, I have seen your tears. I have observed your plight. And I can almost hear Jesus saying to her, like he said to Mary, Why are you weeping? The obvious answer is that there is no reason to despair when Jesus is on our side. When Jesus is our Savior. Because we know today that he didn't stay in the tomb. We know that nobody came and robbed the tomb. We know that he came out of the tomb because the witness is there. There's nobody. There is the cloth that was around his head and, and another piece of cloth that was around his body folded and neatly lying there on a slab. But the body was gone. Yes, there's hope. We sing a hymn oft times that says, My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. I suggest to you this morning that in the wee hours of despair in your life that you don't look down and begin to say to yourself, what am I going to do? What next? What does the future hold? Oh, how miserable things are. But rather we look up 
and see that the cross is empty and see that the grave is empty and that promises us hope for now and for the future. Now the resurrection did not change the world. You know, sometimes we have the idea that in order to make everything right, we'll become Christian. And there are many young Christians that fall into the mistaken idea that all I have to do is be saved and everything will be all right. Don't you believe that? You see, we are not immune to the problems of life. We are not immune to death to broken homes, to terminal illnesses, to the lack of money, to the dashing of our hopes against the rocks of life. We're not immune to those things. As a matter of fact, Jesus said in this world, you know that you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. And why should we be of good cheer? Because he overcame the world? tell you why because to the Christian he's inside he overcame the world and made us it possible for us to really live many people say my life is too hard I just can't take it I can't tolerate all this yes life is not easy but listen living the life that we have been given is a whole lot better than letting the hope die that has sprung to life inside. Don't let that hope die that is internal. Don't let the world reduce you to a robot that simply goes through the motions of living. We live because Christ lives. The resurrection certainly testifies to the fact that there is something inside us that calls us to keep on going even when we are in despair. He did not leave us empty. He left us with hope. Why are you weeping? There is no reason to weep. No reason at all. Because of Christ. There's a hymn, it's not in our hymn book, but I think it's one of the best hymns, and the, the refrain of that hymn simply says this, Because he lives, I can face tomorrow. Because he lives, all fears are gone. Because I know he holds the future. And life is worth the living. Just because he lives. Yes, it's worth it. You have hope. In your despair this morning, remember Mary Magdalene in the garden when the master turned to her and said, Woman, why are you weeping? And her response had to be, There is no reason for weeping. Because my master that I thought was dead is not dead. He's alive. The cross did not conquer him. The tomb did not hold him. The soldiers did not take away his life. He lives. And because he lives, we have hope. For tomorrow.
Whatever it might bring, He lives. Let us pray. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at James sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.